This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura, precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. And good morning, golfers. Beautiful March day here in the GTA. Hope it's sunny and warm where you are. Not quite warm here yet. Bob Weeks on hand here, along with producer Adam Scully, who is filling, good to be in, back. filling in for uh, Mark Zucchino, who will join us a little bit later in the program. Mark is still down in Florida, <laughs> still away, and uh, he's logging the miles and uh, doing his job for PJ Tour Radio. I think yeah. he's actually playing a little golf maybe this weekend. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll check in with him a little bit later. we got a great show today. We do. We have a very busy show today, don't we? Busy show. We have a busy show. We're going to hear from Graham Dillette, yeah. who has uh, not yeah. played since last October, and we'll tell you why, or he'll tell you why, uh, what he's got going and when we can expect to hopefully see him back on the golf course. We're going to also be joined by golf course architect Ian Andrew, who uh, is going to give us the architect's viewpoint of the distance debate. Do we need to uh, lengthen golf courses, roll back the golf ball? It's an interesting point of view from an architect who's building these courses and what he sees uh, we need to do. I'm really looking forward to getting his opinion on that because you look at courses like they're playing this week and the, the lead's at six under par through two rounds. You know, who cares how long the golf course is? You see Aaron Hills, it was, what, 7,600 yards, 7,800 yards, and that lead, and that winner was 16 under par. So I'm really looking forward to that uh, conversation with you. Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, interesting conversation, and I will just tell you that uh, uh, he's going to be joining us. Ian's going to be joining us, but part of his concern is not so much length but width, mm-hmm. which is That's an interesting, interesting take. We'll, we'll explain that a little bit mm-hmm. later. Uh, we have Winners Weird and What, of course, coming up where, as I said, Mark Zucchino is going to join us from Florida. We don't know exactly what he's doing down there or, we'll where, find he out. or where he's playing, but we'll hear from Mark uh, when we come, ba- uh, come back a little bit later in the mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to kick things off, how about some news and headlines? News and Headlines is brought to you by Porter Airlines. Now flying direct to 16 Canadian destinations and 7 U.S. destinations direct, including Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Visit flyporter.com. Porter Airlines, flying refined. So, um, there's just basically two big headlines staring us right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, they're, and they're loud and they're proud, and uh, it's great. It's two good stories. It's, of course, uh, at the Valspar Championship, which you just mentioned. Yep. We have Tiger Woods in a T2 spot, but we also that. have Corey Connors yeah. from beautiful downtown Listowel, Ontario, uh, number one with a two-shot lead. And, uh, boy, I tell you, I didn't think anything could bump Tiger Woods off the, the main page. But for Canadian golf, this is a big story. This is a huge story for, for Canadian golf, and especially how Corey Connors got into the field as an alternate after not making, you know, the Monday qualifier. He goes out, has a great round on Thursday. He's three under for his front nine on Friday. A bit of a hiccup with a three-putt uh, for a double bogey. But he bounced back in a big way with a, a great wedge on his uh, on his 16th hole. Um, so he showed a lot of uh, a lot of heart and desire here, and it's uh, it, it'd be a pretty cool event if he goes on to win as Adam Hadwin won this event obviously last year so there's some Canadian flavor with this event for sure. Canadian mojo. Yes well, I like that mojo. Of course. Yes. Uh, Corey is uh, he's probably not all that well known. Uh, yeah yeah I was going to ask you so so y- you've been following Corey for five years at least yeah. and so give give our listeners sort of like a, a walkthrough you know we know he's this great golfer but you know off the golf course he d- does some interesting things as well. Yeah, he's a very he's a very uh, smart guy, brilliant kind of yeah, guy. Like, yeah, like not just golf smart, but but 
but brain smart <laughs> for a golfer. Actually smart, yes. Yeah, so he, he graduated with a degree, a Bachelor of Science in Actuarial Math from Kent State <laughs> University, and I'm betting he's probably the only guy in the NCAA Division One sports that had a degree in oh actuarial math. Smart guy. Also took a, a course in wine appreciation. Oh, wow, well, hey. Which is uh, very interesting. Yeah. He's... Um, He's a methodical guy. He's a meticulous guy. He is a guy who will wear out the middle of the golf course. He mm. plays um, what his one of his good buddies, Taylor Penrith, who's also an yep. upcoming uh, professional, calls boring golf. Mm-hmm. And an interesting here's an interesting story about about his game. So he basically hits it in the middle of the fairway, hits it on the green, and if the putter's going, you know, he can get it under par. Mm-hmm. Um, he can go deep, but. Um, he was uh, his his co- his coach now was on a recruiting trip. Uh, Herb Page, coach at University mm-hmm. of Kent State, was mm-hmm. on a recruiting trip up to Toronto to watch him play golf. And he said, he you know he looked at his short game, and his, his short game at that point wasn't really all that good. Mm-hmm. So he said to him, you know, how much time do you spend practicing your short game? And he said, well, you know, I don't I don't spend a lot because normally I'll hit sixteen or seventeen greens. <laughs> I don't really need to. So, uh, it's changed a little bit, obviously, since then. But uh, but he is certainly a uh, a guy who's very methodical and plays a lot of boring golf. And right now, it's it's working. It sure is working. And uh, you know, as he's he's been very consistent so far this year. He's only missed one cut as a rookie. That's pretty darn good. Um, and and just, I, I'm really curious to see how he handles this weekend because he's got all these star veterans, including one Tiger Woods behind him, Paul Casey, Brent Snedeker, just to name a few. So it'll be curious to see how he, how he handles the spotlight. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if he keeps hitting it straight and that putter keeps going, who knows? I'm going to tell you one more story about him. That uh, This is from a story I wrote a couple of years yep. ago. Um, how he was, as a 12-year-old, he was practicing at Listowel Golf mm-hmm. Club, which is where mm-hmm. he's from, beautiful Listowel. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there, and, and Mo Norman walked up. Oh. And Mo Norman, who loved kids, yep. one thing people don't know about him, he's very generous with kids, and he watched him hit balls for a while, and he took a look at his swing. And at that point, Corey was playing with a Callaway Great Big Bertha with a stiff shaft mm. cut down. So you can imagine how stiff that was like swinging a telephone pole, probably. Yeah. So he asked about his game. Mo asked him about his game, and he looked at his clubs, and he went over to his trunk, and he grabbed a driver that had a senior shaft, senior flex shaft in it, and Corey was just beyond excited, put it in play, and actually won a, a FutureLink's Bantam Division <laughs> tournament with that driver. So there's a cool story to a, a connection to a legacy of, uh, of him uh, back in the... Uh, That's fantastic. Uh, to, to one of the old veterans, Yeah. Uh, we shouldn't overlook Tiger because no, Tiger is the story, and outside of Corey Connors, mm. I mean, it's amazing to see what he's done. What are you thinking? It's uh, it's unbelievable to see. Uh, it looks like his every part of his game, as he said after his Thursday round, he's pleased with all parts of his game. This golf course has really eliminated the use of a lot of drivers. Uh, it's been so windy, so he's been hitting a lot of long irons or three woods. Uh, aside from a bit of a sketchy wedge on the on his last hole yesterday from 114 yards missing the green and short siding himself, he's been he's been rock solid. The putter looks good, off the tee looks good. He uh, as as he's been saying after his first couple of tournaments, getting his game speed back and knowing what his body can do. He's hitting more balls pin high now, which is giving him more opportunities to make putts. Uh, and we saw him in contention at Honda a couple weeks ago. Where he faltered down the stretch and made and made some bogeys with uh, he was three back with four holes to go I believe um, now is another time for him to step up and we'll see what he's made of now in, in this latest comeback. Yeah, I, I kind of as I said in Sports Center last night, I kind of think now what's finally starting to happen is the the, the technical part of his golf swing because he's basically learning a bit of a new swing, yeah. with his new body. And the mental side of getting in, 
in contention the game shape mentally. Mm-hmm. I think those are starting to come together now, so mm-hmm. you don't have to. He's not worried so much where his hands are at the top of his swing anymore. He's worried about, okay, where am I going to put this in the fairway? i got to make a birdie on this hole. Those kind of things that are th- coming together, I think. Yeah, and one thing I found really interesting on Thursday, uh, Golf Channel showed a side-by-side at full speed of Tiger with a driver on the range versus on the first tee. And he's, he does, he's not swinging as fast. Or he, he, The difference isn't as much as it was in past tournaments. So it looks like uh, instead of swinging, as he calls himself, Ranger Rick on the range, he doesn't miss a <laughs> shot at all, and going to the first tee and blasting one at outer space, you know, way, way right, it looks like his swing is getting more on tempo for what he wants on the range versus on the course. So I think that's a really good thing uh, of sign, the thing to come for Tiger. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vegas already obviously loves him, or the people betting obviously love him. So, <laughs> this so, is crazy. So when uh, the Westgate uh, the bookie opened up betting on, on the Masters, mm-hmm. Tiger was at 100-1. to one. <laughs> The start of this week, he was 16-1. to one. After yesterday's round, those odds dropped to 10-1. to one. Now, it's not... You know, we always got to think of odds as being a reflection of who's betting where. The bookie's got to right. cover himself off. Right. But but there's a lot of people putting money on Tiger to win the Masters. Isn't that so? There's Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson <laughs> and Tiger Woods. He That's... is the third favorite to win the Masters. Is that, I I still find that mind-boggling. Uh, just he hasn't played much golf. But hey, if he wins this week, who knows? I think there's a lot of people hoping for that big dream story to come through. And oh, he, yeah. listen, listen, he's playing great golf. He's uh, and he knows the golf course. And uh, yeah. Phil won last week. Tiger could win this week. And, and, and Phil even mentioned uh, earlier on, on, a, on a radio show saying he wouldn't be surprised if Tiger one-ups him and wins this week. So. <laughs> He's done it most Who knows? Yeah. Before, Phil. <laughs> uh, and then the, finally, the last story coming out is uh, we've, we've got another uh, salvo in the uh, golf ball debate, the distance debate, yeah. and which we're going to bring up with uh, Ian Andrew a little bit later in the program. But um, after last week's release of the distance report from the RNA and the, and the uh, USGA, the PGA of America... The PGA Tour and Titleist have all come out um, saying that the golf ball doesn't really need to be rolled back. And they provided some pretty interesting evidence, I think, uh, mm-hmm. in their defense, especially Titleist, who showed that if you go year over year on similar courses, in other words, not new courses, which the other uh, USGA and RNA study took into account, there's really not been much of a change. In fact, at the Masters, they showed there was actually a driving uh, decline, a distance decline from year to year. Hmm. So, you know, this is not going to go away anytime soon, I don't think. No, n- not for sure. And, and uh, one thing I found really interesting on that, uh, Jimmy Walker tweeted out, and he's a Titleist guy, I still hit my 8-iron the same distance I did when I was 24. I've gained 3 to 7 miles per hour of ball speed with the modern driver since then. My ball speed in 03 was 40, was 173. I actually was tested the other day. I'm still able to hit this number. I don't think it's the ball. So I find that really interesting that he's hitting his irons the same length. It's just he's gained that miles per hour with the driver. I think a lot of that, to me, I think one of the big things that we're overlooking a little bit is how precise these guys can get their equipment dialed in. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you get in there, you put a great shaft in it, you get the loft, you get the lie, you mm. get everything dialed in perfectly. Mm. I mean, I don't think, as we were talking about before, I don't think Mo Norman had those kind of things <laughs> in his favor. He didn't have a track, man. No. I mean, he didn't need one. But, no. you know, I think that, I think there's so many things that we have to take into consideration. It's just unfair to lump it all onto the golf ball. Yeah, absolutely. And as, you know, I was mentioning earlier, it's... If some of these golf courses aren't all that long, and if, if the wind picks up, it doesn't matter how long the golf course is. It's still going to be hard to score whether you have a you know a six iron in your hand or an eight iron in your hand. If if there's if it's wind and there's water and there's bunkers and all that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, as we mentioned, we've got a busy show coming up. Uh, after the break, we are going to talk to uh, uh, we're going to talk hear some sound actually. Yes. Corey Connors. Yep. 
who talked with uh, Golf Channel Steve Brukowski mm-hmm. after. We're going to hear from Tiger Woods. We're mm-hmm. going to go a little bit deeper into uh, the rest of the field who's yeah. playing out there, and we'll, uh, we'll set up uh, round three of the Valspar Championship. That and a lot more when we come back on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and Twistface Technology. Experience straight distance from Twistface, only in the new 2018 M3 and M4 drivers. Visit TaylorMade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Beautiful Saturday morning here. We're getting closer to golf season uh, up here, but they're, of course, playing great mm-hmm. golf down in mm-hmm. Florida. You were just in Florida last week. I was in Florida. I actually played Steve Stricker's home course in Florida, Quail West. Wow. And Steve Stricker's wife and two daughters were in the group behind us. Really? Yeah. Nikki? Oh, yeah. yeah. And great. then Steve Stricker won the day after That's in right. Tucson. Uh, it was quite a weekend. They were, uh, I remember when... Um, I'm dating myself, but uh, when, when Steve was playing up here, Nikki was his caddy for, for many yeah. Well, she went on caddy for many years on him. Great, wonderful guy. Yeah. Um, Corey Connors has the lead, as we were yes. mentioning before the break, and a wonderful story. As uh, as you pointed out, he's played great golf this year. He's mm-hmm. made the cut in 9 of 10 events, but he hasn't had a finish higher than tied for 29th. Mm-hmm. Had a little trouble on the weekends, so now he gets into the weekend. He's uh, in the lead. Yeah, and, spotlight's uh, on. What are you thinking? You know, it's uh, as as you mentioned uh, right off the top. His his putter has always been sort of his make or break. Uh, he made some really clutch putts uh, yesterday. He also made some really clutch bunker saves mm-hmm. yesterday. He hit he hit his ball into a, a lot of bunkers yesterday, uh, and he was pretty darn good out of there. So. Um, if, if he can keep that tempo sort of not rushed, that's something that the broadcast was talking about a lot, how his swing, uh, it's, it's all about tempo with him. And if he gets rushed, he's going to miss it left or right. But uh, if he can keep that tempo under under the spotlight, it's uh, I like his chances. I mean, it's boring golf. It's middle yeah. of the fairway, yeah. on the green, make yeah. a putt, hopefully, and uh, and go from there. Mm-hmm. But as you said, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if the bunker shots work when he has to. Yeah. Anyway, after his round yesterday, he spoke with uh, Golf Channel's Steve Burkowski. Second straight round here at Innisbrook, around in the 60s. Corey, how would you describe your performance here on Friday? Yeah, it was good. I had a uh, few mistakes, but I was able to save myself with a good short game. Um, yeah, obviously happy with the score. It was tricky again today. Not as much wind, but it was still there and still had to hit some solid shots. So happy with the result and looking forward to the weekend. Four days ago, you tried to Monday qualify with, for this tournament. Unsuccessful. Get the call that you're in as an alternate. What does that mean? mentality of a rookie trying to make the most of every start you can get yeah it's definitely excited to get the opportunity to play um, felt pretty good about my game and was kind of disappointed that I had to go to the Monday qualifier uh, but it is what it is and yeah really excited to get the call to be in the field and trying to make the most of this opportunity heading into the weekend a very new position for you on the PGA tour what will you lean on from your past that can help you for what's in front of you 
Yeah, just, I mean, stick to what I do best, uh, get in the fairway, get on the green, and try to keep things as simple as possible and stay calm out there. Um, yeah, obviously, I don't have experience uh, being in this position, but uh, be able to draw on a lot of experiences through my amateur and college days or uh, had chances to win. Corey, appreciate the time. See you Saturday. Thank you. There's Corey Connors, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, hes I, I get the idea that he's not going to be overly excited about what's going on. He's, he's able to control his emotions, mm-hmm. at least outwardly. Yeah. That's the way he peers. Now we'll see what happens when he steps onto the tee with Paul Casey uh, in the final group. Uh, it's certainly moving up a notch for him. For sure. And, and it, what's cool is that he's already garnered a lot of respect from his peers. Justin Thomas tweeted out, Awesome to see Corey Connors play so well. He's a quiet assassin. Love <laughs> his tempo and demeanor, how he's handled his game out there today. One of the nicer guys you'll meet down. Wow. He's definitely definitely just the nicest guy. I've had a uh, great opportunity to meet him a number of times. Mm-hmm. He's a small town guy. Yeah. Uh, he's got a beautiful uh, beautiful fiance with Mallory. I think they're I'm not sure exactly when they're getting married, but mm-hmm. uh, it's a kind of a neat story. Small town story and the guys made it big. Listen, this guy's been around. He has played uh, obviously played at Kent State. He was the 2012 yep. uh, Ontario or 2010 Ontario amateur champion. Mm-hmm. He played for Canada on the World Team Amateur yep. uh, team in 2012 and 2014. In 2014, they were runners-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team included himself, Taylor Pendrith, and Adam Svensson. That's mm-hmm. a pretty good, pretty good squad. <laughs> and won the 2014 Jones Cup, um, which is a premier amateur event. And also, of course, was runner-up in the 2014 U.S. Amateur, which got him into the Masters in 2015. And he, You know what he played his first two rounds with? Oh, it, it's, it's a past winner, if I'm not played, mistaken. played with Mike Weir. Did he really? Yeah. Pa- oh, really? So he struggled in the first round, but then uh, came back. And he played really better. Well, I remember that. Yeah, really well yeah. in the second round. So he's, as I say, I think he's kind of a fast learner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but charging up behind a a group of talented oh, players, we got ever. Paul Casey, as I mentioned, and uh, at four under, Brant Snedeker at four under. Brant Snedeker is not in the Masters field at the moment, mm-hmm. trying to play his way in. Uh, and uh, one Eldrick Tiger Woods, along with Ryan Palmer and Kelly Kraft. Um, as we mentioned, Tiger Woods, 70, 68, just continues to look good, mm-hmm. continues to sort of improve, it seems like, almost every time out. Uh, and he spoke with PJTour.com after his round. Tiger? Nearly. Nearly, yeah. Nearly. Uh, got to feel pretty good, though, to see your name back up near the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, you know, I'm up there. Uh, I don't think this will, this will be leading, but at least I'm... I'm there with uh, a chance going into the weekend. Um, today was a good day. It was cold early. Uh, then it started, the wind started blowing a little bit. And it was it was just inconsistent. It was tough to get a beat on which way it was coming from. Uh, did a lot of guessing and guessed pretty good. And also, I got, got fooled a few times. This uh, little comeback here, I mean, it's, we're early into it. This is what your uh, 12th round uh, competitively. How much further have you got to go? I don't know. Um, I keep getting a little bit better here and there, making these little subtle tweaks, and I've done that from tournament to tournament. Uh, as I've said, I just need to get a little bit more tournament time in, and uh, I've, I think I've done that, and I'm starting to get a better feel for it. I'm finding the rhythm of the rounds. I'm hitting shots. I don't have a problem posting scores. Um, it's not like I'm, I'm, a, I'm able to play, you know, more field golf than I am just trying to figure out how how to play golf again. That was certainly evident today. Nice playing. Good luck over the weekend. Thanks, Phil. Uh, Tiger playing some uh, some good golf. That's an understatement. Mm-hmm. It, it is interesting to me how quickly it came about from because you you go back to last fall. 
when we were at the President's Cup, and there he was. He wasn't really able to, you know, he said he was able to hit little wedge shots. And that's it. And he didn't even know if he was going to play again. Yeah, there was some talk. Yeah, he said that there is a possibility I might never play. And all of a sudden, boom, here it goes now. And just like, I'm just like blown away by uh, by how quickly he's turned around. Well, I remember on this program, I made a rather bold prediction that I was just sort of thrown out there. That, yeah, he's going to play the Hero World Challenge. Why not? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And of course he does. And so we all thought you were nuts. I, I, I thought I was nuts, too. <laughs> <laughs> but but for Tiger, this is, you know, it's not uncharted territory, but it's, it's great to see him back uh, with a chance to win. And this is actually the 69th time Woods has either been first or second after 36 holes in the PGA Tour. From 96 to 09, he won 39 of 57 instances, so that's 68%. From 2010 to 2018, 6 of 11, so just over 54%. So this is a uh, a very interesting time for Tiger Woods, and let's see if he can keep the momentum going. He's playing with Brent Snedeker today, who's also coming off an injury of his own. And as you said, he's not in the Masters field, which is kind of crazy to think that Brent Snedeker's not in the Masters field. I know, it's amazing, isn't it? Uh, we got uh, Ryan Palmer and Kelly Kraft. Ryan mm-hmm. Palmer is a guy, I think, uh, who's a little bit underrated. Yep. Uh, 66 yesterday. Really nice, solid round. Kelly Kraft uh, is playing along with him. Sean O'Hare. Sean, a blast from the past there. Yeah, he's kind of been up and down <laughs> yeah. and all over. And Jason Kokrak, who was born in North Bay, yes. Ontario, but uh, is an American. And then Justin Rose and Webb Simpson. And, um, you know, there's there's still obviously 36 holes to go. There's still some quality up here. You look down the leaderboards, you see Ustase and you see Patrick Reed. Um, you know, Adam Hadwin is, is tied yeah. to 20. We haven't even mentioned him. 71-70 defending champion. But there's so much focus on Tiger, obviously, and with good reason. I mean, it's, it's to me, again, mind-boggling that, uh, that the comeback has come so quickly and, and that he is, as you said, so, you know, feeling the rhythm of the round, which is what I was saying before, how the mental side and the physical side now just seem to be melding together mm-hmm. and he's out there playing some golf. <laughs> I saw a funny tweet where Eduardo Molinari, a pro, tweeted out that he was fist-pumping when Tiger Woods is making birdies. <laughs> when a fellow pro is fist-pumping for Tiger Woods, you know he moves the needle. Well, speaking of bad backs... Uh... <laughs> Graham Dillette has have a, has had a bad back for a long time, and he decided to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a reason why we have not seen him since last October when he had to withdraw mm-hmm. because of a bad back. Mm-hmm. And we'll find out what that is when we come back on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by TaylorMade and TwistFace Technology. Experience straight distance from TwistFace, only in the new 2018 M3 and M4 drivers. Visit tailormade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by Moto Caddy and Stewart Golf Dream Machines, the Canadian market leader in electric walking golf trolleys. Sold in over 30 countries around the world, they offer the widest selection of golf trolleys for players of all ages, abilities, and budgets. For more information, visit jpsmgolf.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks in studio along with producer Adam Scully. Mark Zacchino is in beautiful Florida. He'll join us a little bit later in the program. We're now, by the way, two hours isn't that great? Yeah, two hours yeah. on Saturday morning. Our second show. And uh, for those who uh, 
uh, that was our first time last week mm-hmm. doing going from 90 minutes to 120. So uh, extra bit of Golf Talk Canada for you on your Saturday morning as you prepare and get closer to the golf season. Maybe you're going to a dome today or maybe you're hitting into the net or maybe you're lucky if you're out west that you're already playing. Well, it is daylight savings time this weekend. So that's Ooh. when you know golf season is just around the corner. Excellent. I yes. forgot about that. Is that tonight? That is tonight at 2 a.m., yes. Wow, you'll be up for that. I, I yeah, well, <laughs> no comment. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> uh, I had a chance this week to talk to Graham Dillette. Now, Graham yep. Dillette has been MIA mm-hmm. on the PGA Tour. Uh, he has not played since last October. Mm-hmm. He had to withdraw from the uh, one of the tournaments over in Asia. Yep. Um, he is, to me, uh, an exceptional ball striker. He is one of those guys that you are surprised hasn't won yet. His short game, I know, has let him down over the years, but... Um, for a lot of people don't really know is that he has played basically his entire career in pain mm-hmm. and to get onto the golf course it's a it's a huge undertaking which involves stretching and massage and stuff and then it happens after the golf uh uh, after his golf round all the time. So he underwent some surgery this year, and uh, or some, some procedure, not surgery, but he underwent a procedure uh, called a stem cell injection, which is supposed to regrow uh, the disc, which should uh, hopefully alleviate some of the pain. And I had a chance to, uh, to catch up with him. So here's the first part of my interview with Graham Dillette. Joined now by Graham Dillette, who is uh, in the sunny confines of Scottsdale, Arizona, where I'm sure the temperature is uh, a little better than here up in the, the big smoke in Toronto. But um, I know it's uh, it's been a frustrating time for you. Give us just a little bit of an update on, on where you are. Well, I am getting better, that's for sure. Um, it's been, uh, yeah, longer than we kind of anticipated and originally thought. And then I think as my as I was progressing – uh, you know, speaking with my doctors and my trainer and stuff like that, you know, while I have this time, you know, we, we're just kind of looking at it as almost like a little blip on my career. You know, it's my ninth year now, and, uh, you know, if I take an extra month or two, in the long run, it's not that big of a deal. And if I can do, you know, my body, you know, that much more help, then that's kind of the plan. So, um, but I am improving. I've been doing a lot of a lot of different stuff, some, uh, you know, kind of new age sort of stuff. I obviously had the stem cell done. I've been doing cryo three times a week. I get physio three times a week. I do uh, float like a deprivation tank every week, um, massage every week. I'm probably forgetting something, but it's been, uh, you know, pretty much my main focus for the past couple months, and uh, I just, I'm starting to see some results here now. The last couple of weeks I've been feeling a lot better. Man, that's a long list of stuff to have to go through on a weekly basis. Um, a lesser man might have said, well, maybe I'll hang up the clubs, but I guess you're kind of driven to get back, are you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, like, it's it's been great. I've been able to spend a lot of time with my family, uh, which is something that, you know, if you're on the road a lot, you don't get the chance to do. So I've been, um, you know, obviously really happy about that. But at the same time, you start – I'm a golfer, and that's all I've really ever done and all I really know. And, uh, you know, when you're used to spending – four to six, seven hours at the golf course every day. That's a lot of time that you have to fill. And uh, I've been doing a pretty good job with it with the family, but at the same time, I'm biting at the bit to, to get back out there and even just at least start practicing and, um, you know, just, just get get it going again. I guess that was going to be my next question. When was the last time you actually swung a club? Uh, I have once since I um, withdrew from Korea and, uh, I guess it was that in October. Um, yeah, and, you know, like right now, I'm good enough. I feel healthy enough to be doing it. 
Um, but the whole point of having the procedure done uh, and was to actually get better. Um, I'm, I've played hurt basically my entire career, and it gets old pretty fast. You stop enjoying it because it's just, you know, it's from the gym straight out to the golf course and then right back on the table at the end of the at the end of the round and there's no time for practice and uh, just the enjoyment wasn't really there as much because I was just always hurt so the whole point of this now like like I said I could I could be playing right now and I've, I'm in a lot better shape now than I have been in the past when I've been playing golf tournaments but you know hopefully in another month or two I'm even that much better and uh, I can avoid playing hurt. When you when you talk about how how long how long you've been playing hurt, um, do you ever kind of wonder what if I was healthy? What if what if I didn't have all these back problems? What could I have accomplished? Uh, a little bit, but uh, I mean, for the most part, I think I've done a pretty decent job. Uh, you know, throughout my career, kind of grinding it out, and you know, it's not like it's constant. It was just kind of flare ups here and there, and then it was this year was the. Uh, was the hardest because it was basically kind of for the last three or four months straight. And it had never been like that before. It was always like, I'd have a flare up, you know, I'd take a little bit of time off, do a little bit of rehab. And then two weeks later, I was kind of good to go again. And, uh, you know, I think over time, because I've been, uh, you know, like playing not hundred percent healthy, I've just been doing more damage than good from a physical standpoint. And, um, you know, to, have a chance here with this stem cell to hopefully it can actually regenerate the disc. So, you know, that's kind of our hope. It's such a new procedure, especially here in North America, that nobody's really 100% sure um, with the results. But I've spoken with enough people and other players who've had uh, injections done, and, um, you know, it's been really, really positive and, you know, sometimes life-changing, and I hope that that can be uh, what it's like for me. And I'm at about the three-month mark here now. And they said at about three months, you should really start noticing it. And I think that's why the last couple of weeks I've been feeling a lot better. Um, and then as you go on, you can continue to get relief. Uh, you know, I was talking to Andrew Loop. He had it done on his shoulder and his knee. And uh, he said after like 12 months, he was still noticing uh, improvements day to day and week to week. And, you know, I'm at the point now where like day to day, I'm mostly good. There's the odd day where I don't quite feel great, but, you know, when I look back week to week and month to month where I was at this time last month and you know, a couple of weeks ago, I know that I'm getting better. So uh, that's kind of why I'm just sort of staying on the sideline here, and I just want to see how how much longer I can continue to improve. Uh, that's the first part of our interview with Graham Dillette. We'll get to the second part in just a minute. But um, have you ever had any back pains? you ever tried to golf with any kind of injuries? I, I've been stiff. <laughs> I've been stiff from deadlifting too much weight. Oh, a humble yeah. brag there. But no, uh, no, not really. No, yeah. no. I, I once, not playing golf, but playing hockey, I, uh, I had back spasms. That's why I was wondering because I knew you were, I mean, you were an elite-level goaltender, mm-hmm. played in the, in the O, and mm-hmm. I was just wondering if you'd had any carryover from that because that's how Graham Dillette got his injuries basically from playing hockey yeah yeah and uh, you know he was he was more of a forward or defenseman so he might have had you know cross checks and that sort of thing and as a goaltender you're sort of hunched over but playing golf I mean I've I've been stiff a lot but never to the to the point of oh I can't play golf today right have you 
Uh, no, I'm, I've been pretty lucky in terms of my health and, uh, and stuff. I've never had any real, real sad injuries or anything. It's kind of limited my movement. I did have a shoulder surgery uh, a number of years ago, but that really hasn't, uh, yeah. hasn't changed anything. Um, the other thing I find interesting about Graham Dillette is how good he is on Twitter. He is. Oh, I was going through his Twitter in the interview. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He must be one of the best yeah. guys out there. Um, if you've got them up there, I, I put something up uh, yesterday about how, how Corey Connors <laughs> has a degree in actuarial math and also took in the senior year took a course in wine appreciation and and Graham responded you can you can read it Yes I can let me just pull it up here uh, yeah and Graham Dillette responded saying I got my math 202 and majored in beer appreciation just saying <laughs> yeah. and only got 256 likes on Twitter that's that's hilarious He also he also likes to light it up a little bit because I know he's oh, huge yeah. as we're going to find out in the next uh, part of the interview where he's a huge Calgary Flames yeah. fan and he and he threw a little tease last week uh, to uh, about the Edmonton Oilers, of course, the arch rivals, and said, you know, I'm glad to be an Edmonton Oilers fan, said no one ever. <laughs> and, and the responses that came back were oh, absolutely, I mean, and I'm sure he's just sitting back in his home. He's in uh, Arizona mm-hmm. uh, right now, but I'm sure he's just sitting back absolutely howling at, uh, at the responses that he's, he's encouraged. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> excuse me, he eventually responded to that saying, Twitter is so great, Edmonton, thanks for the laughs yesterday. You guys really do love that team, and they <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, it's right. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's sad to see that uh, Graham is, is, um, is hurt. I mm-hmm. mean, last year or has played hurt for so yeah. long because you kind of, as I said, I asked him that question, you know, what do you ever think of what might have happened? Because I honestly think, you know, Tita Green, the guy, is just an exceptional ball striker. Yeah. His putting has always been his, his weakest part, mm-hmm. and he had those chipping yips for a little while. Yeah. But he's had this bad luck, and you just think, that he's so good, you wonder if he'd just played healthy and been around. And I guess maybe we'll find out when he gets this uh, this back um, straightened out a little bit and gets back on tour. And he's had some great cha- some great chances. I remember at the uh, Olympic Games after the first, he was in contention on on the final in the final round. You know, it's sort of like these coulda, woulda, shoulda. That's what golf sort of is all about. But you know, maybe if he if he wins a medal, you know, we, his career could be thought of differently. But it's good to see that he's. It looks like he's back on the way up now. Yeah, and I I think he has done in a lot of ways what Tiger could have done. Like, he was the first guy to have the microdiscectomy, yep. and he took a whole year off, basically. Mm. Uh, this one, he's obviously not rushing back. You know, as he says, what's a month out of your career or yeah. an extra month or an extra six weeks out of a nine-year career? You know, y- you you really should give it a little more time to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, he has done a lot of stuff also off the course, and I think he is prepared that if you know the, the next swing could be right. his last swing i mean he's got his beer company prairie bard and i uh, i understand he's working he's going to work pretty hard to get that into ontario which is not an easy task i'm looking forward to that if that uh, yeah that's right I've never had to, one. yeah uh he's got a great charity tournament that he runs yeah. out in uh, saskatchewan and uh and and raises a lot of money he and his wife ruby and so, you know, I think he's he's staying engaged. He's staying active um, mm-hmm. uh, in the golf scene and outside of the golf scene, creating his his persona out there and, and his profile, keeping it high even while he's sitting on the shelf, which is which is great. Yeah, and it's it's too bad his career's been halted with all these stops and starts with his back. I remember, you know, back at the President's Cup when he he chipped in to to win a match with Jason Day, and then he he holed out from a bunker to beat Jordan Spieth in the singles. So he's had these flashes of brilliance. But if he can just stay healthy, uh, it would be great for golf in this country because there's so many other rising stars. That's right. Uh, we are going to go into a little bit more with Graham Dillette when we come back after the break. He's going to talk about his love for the Calgary Flames yeah. and where that came from and how he's uh, also a little bit more 
more on his back. There's a lot to talk about mm-hmm. with his back. And uh, then we're going to go into uh, Winner's Weird and What yeah. after that. And we've got some interesting ones this week. Uh-huh. You haven't seen mine yet. but I, I, You haven't. I, I've been, I'm waiting. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Ian Andrew will be along a little bit later as well, around uh, 9.15, about yep. half an hour from now. To, he's a golf course architect who's going to discuss the whole golf ball distance debate and what the architect's point of view is, how it affects his work. Uh, in building golf courses, does he have to add extra distance? Does he design it differently because now the golf ball is is traveling more f- a little bit further? And of course, we'll hear from uh, the leader himself, Mark Zacchino, will join us from uh, from Florida, where he's. Uh, I think he's sitting on the chaise lounge enjoying. I was going to say uh, doing doing some some body lunges or something, maybe, or, something. or mimosas. Maybe I don't know. It's <laughs> biometrics. You know? yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah. All that and a heck of a lot more as we come back on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Moto Caddy and Stewart Golf Dream Machines, the Canadian market leader in electric walking golf trolleys. Sold in over 30 countries around the world, they offer the widest selection of golf trolleys for players of all ages, abilities, and budgets. For more information, visit jpsmgolf.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks with you here on a Saturday morning, joined by Adam Scully, producer extraordinaire, Mark Sacchino will join us a little bit later in the show. We are, if you don't know already, we are expanded uh, to nine to from ninety minutes to two hours. Yes. We have two hours of golf talk, Canada, every Saturday morning now, and we'll uh, in that extra bonus thirty, we'll be talking to Mark Sacchino. And uh, but right now, we wanted to get to uh, our second part of our interview. Uh, Graham Dillette, uh has been missing from the PGA Tour. He's had a stem cell injection in his back. That just sounds painful, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, sounds anything brutal. injection in your back. Uh, but it is working, and we expect to hopefully see him uh, before too long. And in this part of the interview, he actually talks about uh, perhaps when we mm-hmm. might see him again yep. and also his love of the Calgary Flames. Here is part two of our interview with Graham Dillette. Uh, how much of this is actually about getting back to playing golf and how much of it is actually about trying to live your life in a normal way, be able to pick up your kids and bend over to weed the garden or whatever. I mean, those, those things that perhaps those of us with good backs take for granted. Yeah, for sure. And originally that was kind of the thing, you know, if, if my career happened to be over in October, um, you know, obviously I, that's not what I wanted, but at that point I was like, man, I, I just need to be normal. I wanted to play golf with my kids when they, you know, turned four, five, six years old and, um, just to be able to just do normal things. I couldn't sit in a car and do like any kind of road trip or there was just limited on a lot of things that I could do. Um, but now that I'm feeling a lot better day to day, now the focus has turned a lot more to be being able to play golf and, and then being able to play, you know, competitive golf at the same time. Have you got any kind of timeline at this point as to when we might see it or any kind of target you're looking at? There's so many tournaments that I love that I don't want to miss that uh, in this week included in Tampa is one of my favorites. Um, and every time that I get close to one of those tournaments, that's when kind of the fire starts burning inside and it makes me want to get back and play. Uh, Hilton Head, too, now is one of my favorite tracks. I mean, 
I don't want to miss the players by any means. And that, I mean, that's pushing into May now, so I don't see it being that long. I mean, um, you know, April, the Hilton Heads, you know, the week after the Masters, second week in April, and uh, that might be a little bit early, but that's one that I'd like to get back for. That'd be nice. Uh, so let's let's switch topic. We're talking enough about your back. Tell us about uh, you got a couple of new sponsors uh, that you've signed up in the interim. A new new name on your hat and a new uh, uh, homegrown company, uh, big homegrown company back in Saskatchewan that you aligned with. Yeah, I was kind of joking with Danny uh, Fritz the other day, my agent. Uh, he's been busier than I have over the past couple <laughs> months, but um, yeah, it's exciting. And, and you know, for them to partner with me when they know, uh, you know, I'm kind of going through some physical struggles. It you know it means a lot to myself and my family. But, uh, yeah, like, I mean, as far as MGM, it's kind of a renewal of uh, old sponsorship, and uh, that's a lot of fun. You know, we get over to Vegas, you know, a couple times uh, on the weekend. We can bring some friends and family in, and we have a, you know, a, a credit, a comp credit that we can use there and kind of have some fun. Uh, and they've been a, a great sponsor of a lot of guys uh, on the PGA Tour. And uh, with Mosaic, like you said, that's, uh, you know, it's a Saskatchewan company, and, uh, you know, they're they're big across the province and uh with a lot of stuff that they do also uh you know in Saskatchewan as far as uh you know fundraising for charities and stuff like that it lined up really well with Ruby and I and our foundation and uh it's good uh, partnerships all across the board uh and i guess with uh without playing golf and sitting on the sidelines but you got a little more time to uh, follow your beloved Calgary Flames uh, give us uh, give us your analysis uh of, of how they've been doing so far you know i was i was i think for the most part they were playing some pretty good hockey you know they're kind of that western conference was so tight and they were bouncing in and out of playoffs kind of almost every day there's five or six teams fighting for those last two or three spots and uh you know losing mike smith was was huge for that team because i think he was kind of their mvp at the time even with johnny goudreau doing what he's doing but uh it's tough now they're uh they're in a fight and they're gonna have to go on a pretty good winning streak here to close the year but uh, I'm still optimistic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you are the eternal optimist. But it's your back, your golf game, or your planes. It's uh, that's probably a good way to be. <laughs> uh, Graham, thanks for your time. We appreciate it, and, uh, and best of luck. We hope to see you back on the golf course very soon. Okay, thanks, Bob. I appreciate it too, man. There is uh, Graham Dillette in our two-part interview, mm-hmm. and uh, it would be nice to see him back healthy yeah. and playing. And it uh, looks like maybe he's going to target the. Players' Championship would be a good place for him to come back. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, that's that's a good spot for, uh, yep. for Graham. And I think he's such a competitor, such a battler, that it would be great to see him back out on tour. And even especially if he's not in any pain, mm. that would just be a huge turning point for his career. For sure. He might be putting some chiropractors and uh, and physio guys out of work, but they probably have spent overtime with him anyway. Exactly. Um, just a couple of housekeeping notes here. March twenty first, Golf Talk Canada Television is back on the it's air. Coming back. It's a one hour special we're kicking off with, right? Is it? No, no, no? It's not, no Oh, okay. okay. Sorry, you're yeah. the producer. No. The next week is going to one hour. No, we have a we have one hour special. One hour. There's one hour previews for all of the majors this year. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. So, and the players. Championship and the Ryder Cup. Okay, so Mark Sakino and I will be back yes. for that. And uh, 20 weeks of TaylorMade will be back. Yep. So there's lots of chances for you to win lots, lots, lots of great TaylorMade gear. And um, it's uh, it's a great show, so you should watch it, right? Definitely, definitely. And and we'll talk about the latest and greatest in Canadian golf. And who knows, maybe we'll have a win by Corey Connors at that point, too. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. All right, there's lots more coming up uh, when we come back on Golf Talk Canada. For the extended second hour, mm-hmm. we're going to kick things off with winners, weird, and what next on Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks here with you, along with producer Adam Scully, filling in for Mark Sacchino. Mark will join us uh, in about 30 minutes from now. But, uh, and actually in about uh, 15 minutes from now, we're going to be joined by Ian Andrew, golf course architect, who will give us his side of the story when it comes to the uh, distance debate, whether yeah. the golf ball should be rolled back or not. Interesting conversation, I'm going to assume. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's our favorite time of the show. Yes, it is. And it's winners, weird, and what? Um, I have the tea. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. My winner this week is uh, a lady who has a very special place in the golf world. And I thought this was kind of appropriate. It was International Women's Day mm-hmm. earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And we have a... There's a lot of uh, great women golfers in Canada, including the current uh, number 13 ranked player in the world. Up to 13, yeah. But this lady has set her mark a number of years ago. Uh, She is the only Canadian to win the Canadian amateur, the British amateur, the Australian amateur, and the U.S. amateur. She's the only Canadian in the World Golf Hall of Fame. And she had a birthday this week. I'm, of course, I'm talking about the wonderful, the incomparable Marlene Street, mm-hmm. who is one of my favorite people in golf. She has the, uh, the line that I love that, about golf the most. She says, golf is all about the people you meet along. It's, it's about the people you meet along the way. Mm. And it's such a true statement. And uh, because it was her birthday and she turned, uh, let's just say she turned 12 over par. <laughs> She's a beautiful 84. <laughs> wow. So happy birthday to Marlene Street. You are my winner today. You are my winner every day of the year. Congratulations what? on another birthday. That's awesome. That's fantastic. She's still going strong. Mm-hmm. Still going strong. My weird this week kind of goes back a little bit to, uh, to last week. Of course, we know last Sunday that Phil Mickelson yes. won. And do you know how long it had been since he'd won? Since the 2013 Open Championship. More precisely, you're oh. right, but more precisely, it has been four years, seven months, and 11 days. Or seven Do long. you know, as of today, how long it's been since Tiger Woods has won? Uh, no, but I do know <laughs> the last time he held a lead on tour was now 931 <laughs> days ago. But the I don't... last time Tiger won was four years, seven months, and five days. There's a six-day difference right now because they won in essentially right. <laughs> it's a back-to-back. Oh, so it's an wow. amazing, amazing uh, similarity, amazing convergence of these two players. That's so uh, cool. And wouldn't it be kind of interesting to see Tiger win this week? Unless, of course, it's Corey. Corey of course, Connors. of course. If it's one of them two, it, it, of those two, it's great. But <laughs> that's, that is quite that's that's startling almost. That's amazing, very. 
My what this week is uh, what a scene it's going to be at the Ryder Cup uh, in Paris this mm-hmm. this year. Now, not only because it looks like Phil Mickelson's going to be a lock, not only because Tiger Woods could possibly be on there and likely will be on there, maybe he's a captain's mm-hmm. pick or maybe he'll earn his way on, but the first tee at Paris, at Le Club National in, in Paris, is going to have a stand built that will accommodate 6,500 people. On the first will, tee? On the first tee, there will be 6,500 people in the stands. Oh my. Now, I want to take you back to Hazeltine two years yes, ago. Yes, yes. The, the stands there were rocking, and they were big, but they only held 1,600. <laughs> so 6,500 people. Now, a little bit of it spills around to, to look at another hole, but I guarantee you they'll be filled. That is un oh what like I experienced my first ever at, at the Presidents Cup with the, on the first tee there and I thought that was pretty crazy but sixty five hundred people <laughs> that's like a, there's a lot of a lot of hockey rinks like OHL hockey I was gonna say that that there is a that's basically a full OHL rink around the first tee I can only imagine how crazy that is gonna be the Hershey Center in, in, in if my memory serves me correct the Hershey Center out in uh, Mississauga yeah. I think has about fifty five hundred people yeah so yeah. another thousand people if it's if it's full on the seating around there it's gonna be be rocking oh, yeah. in uh, in Paris. Yeah. All right, uh, Mr. Scully, the tea is yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Well, my winner this week is Augusta National for giving mm-hmm. Shabanker Sharma a master's invite. Isn't that great? Pretty cool story how he's sort of, he's 21 years old, he's 400th in the world, two wins, a great opportunity at the WGC, up to 66th in the world now. Uh, of course, there was the uh, rather uh, embarrassing, funny story where where uh, he went up to Phil Mickelson prior to the third round last week and said, hey, you know, hey, Phil, good luck. And Phil said, uh, no media right now, please. So that uh, that's a little awkward, for sure. Uh, but good on the Masters. Good on Fred Ridley uh, for for making this uh, great this uh, honor. So so the last time they gave a, a special exemption, which they do very rarely, was yeah. to Rio Ishikawa uh, in right. Japan. And this time, of course, it's to uh, to Shabankar Sharma. And I think it's interesting. Nothing to take away because I think he's deserving of it. But of course, uh, the fact that there's a billion people who live in India, and if five mm-hmm. mm-hmm. percent of them or one percent of them watch it on TV, that's yep. a pretty good dose of uh, people. But they've been good about growing the game. Augusta National, you know, they're they're in on the Asian amateur, they're in on the Latino, uh, yeah. Latin American amateur. Yep. They're helping it grow in different spots, and I think this is only going to help that. That's why it's one of the best. Uh, that's the best tournament to watch year in year out. My weird this week, going to Tiger Woods here. Why? Yeah, he's in second place, but his wardrobe selections. Not, not I, cutting I, it. I think it's really aging him with with the mock turtleneck, bringing it back from about two thousand and two. <laughs> Uh, and other guys are in short sleeves. He's got the mock turtleneck with the shirt under. I don't know. This is this is too Thomas Placanitz for me now. Current Maple Leaf who <laughs> rocks the turtleneck very well. Uh, it's a style thing. I don't know, Tiger. You, you know, you maybe go for you know some other sweater, but the mock turtleneck. He's he's um, the interesting thing about Tiger. When I think about it right now, he's never really been a trendsetter when it comes to style, has he? No, he used to wear those really baggy shirts. At least that was the style back when he first started. And he had an interview with Steve Sands at the end of his first round uh, at Golf Channel, or oh, that was on Golf Channel, and he said, "Well, at least I made them look good." So that was. <laughs> Remember, he had uh, he had. Um... Uh, those shoes, they look like the shoes, you know, my grandfather would wear when he went to walk around the mall. Yeah. There was like the mall walker shoes. They weren't so great either. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's never been the real trendsetter. I guess I guess he can wear whatever he wants, though, when you're that when you're Tiger Woods. Yeah, that's a good point, too. But the mock turtleneck tiger, come on. Something else. Uh, my what this week, what happened to Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy this week? That what a crazy? strange week. 
for both of them. Jordan Spieth, so excited, obviously, to play with Tiger Woods. A very, and he, he missed the cut. He was uh, only nine shots back of Tiger Woods. Wow. Interesting. But even more interesting, Jordan Spieth, who's now obviously 24 years old, he surpassed Tiger Woods in something this week in missed cuts. Woods, of course, is career. 42. In his career, Spieth missed his 19th cut as a pro already. Woods has only missed 18 cuts in his professional career. That's an amazing stat. Isn't that mind-boggling? Yeah. Like the that just goes back to the the success of, you know, how crazy good Tiger Woods was in his heyday that he's only missed 18 cuts in his career as a professional. And and uh you're right. Well, he's missed one so far this year, mm-hmm. but, but it's mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. there was a streak there that was ridiculous that I don't think it'll ever be matched, but it was Not even close, yeah. Um but yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Well, and and to go with and to, to Rory, who's uh he always hits the ball very solid and and he's fun to watch, but on the green not so much. He he missed three putts between 3 and 5 feet. In uh, in uh, his two rounds this week, this uh, he's had six straight rounds of two over or worse on the PGA Tour. He had a great start to the year in Europe. He's got this really aggressive schedule, or schedule, if you will. But uh, <laughs> he uh, he uh, he's he's struggling at the wrong time here. So he put this schedule together. Remember, because he wanted to be very busy. He hadn't played remember since October, and he said yeah. he wanted to get a lot of reps in between now and Augusta, and mm. it just doesn't seem to be paying off very well at because all. he's. I mean, like you said, Tita Green, he's pretty outstanding. Darn good. Yeah, but on the greens, it's it's really hard to watch. And and yesterday's, you were saying, you know, some of these shorter putts, and he's not even. It's not like he's lipping them out. No, no, he's he's nowhere near the, the hole. Right? <laughs> There's way too much speed all the time. He had that that uh, basically a five putt a couple of weeks ago. Right. Um, his putting's been poor. Jordan Spieth's putting has been bizarre. He's 163rd in strokes gained putting this season. Jordan Spieth is. Jordan Spieth is. I never would have thought of that. And, and you know, you think of him as one of the most clutch, as the one of the best putters on tour. And this year, it's been uh, it's been a struggle, to say the least. Wow, and this is uh, this is all leading up into uh, to Augusta, of course. He was I, my master's pick, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Rory? But, you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. I mean, if there's one thing you need around Augusta, it's a good putter, right? Well, and 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 a putter, you know, someone who uh, sort of dies the putt into the hole instead of hammering it to the back of the cup. And at Augusta, you really need to, you know, play the speeds. And if Rory's jamming these putts by, it, it could be a sight to see in a bad way. Um, I'm a little, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe this is why we're seeing the uh, the odds go so much in favor of Tiger, of yeah, Tiger, right? of the because veterans, him and Phil. It's sort of un- un- amazing how. Uh, how those guys have become such good players. The yeah. other guys, not to say that they're falling off the face of the earth, because mm-hmm. Jordan's had a, you know a, a couple of good tournaments this year, but it's just sort of mystifying as to why there's no consistency for either of these guys. Yeah, it's it's very strange. And as we've spoken about before, you don't really we haven't seen Spieth look at the hole all that much with those short putts that he did so well in the past, especially when he had his his uh, his two win uh, major season a couple of years ago. We'll see how uh, how it transpires for him, but the Masters is only a couple of weeks away now. If if Tiger wins this week, who would you say has has a better chance of winning at Augusta, Tiger or Phil? Ooh, baby, uh, I'd still say Phil because he's had three top six finishes this season already. He had the spectacular win at the WGC. I'd still go for Phil, and yeah, plus I he's think, won there three times. I think uh, I would Tiger's won four. But Tiger wants four. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I would probably go with Phil just because he's got uh, more more games behind yeah. him as it yeah. were, more reps. Yeah, more reps. As Tiger likes to say, <laughs> more reps, more reps. 
All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have an interview with uh, golf course architect Ian Andrew, who's going to talk a little bit about uh, the golf ball distance debate, how it affects his business, and what his thoughts are for the future of the game in terms of maybe reeling the golf ball back or letting it run out. That's next on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Premier golf in a perfect natural setting close to home. Limited memberships are still available for 2018. Don't be shut out. Visit cedarbraygolf.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks along with producer Adam Scully filling in for Mark Sakino. Mark will join us uh, at the bottom of the hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, give us an update on the weather in Florida, where he's currently lounging. And uh, I think he's working on his tan. We'll see. Got the speedo wow. on. That, that's, in the, qu- that's quite a visual. In the chaise lounge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're pleased to be joined right now, though, by uh, golf course architect Ian Andrew from uh, beautiful Brantford, Ontario. And uh, Ian has worked on a number of uh, the biggest and best golf courses around this country. And um, I wanted to bring Ian on. First of all, good morning, Ian. How are you? I'm very well. Yourself? <laughs> I'm doing great. I wanted to bring you on because uh, I saw a couple of tweets that you had out this week, and um, we're sort of in the middle of a of a an uptick in the distance debate about how far the golf ball is traveling, or or it's, if in some cases how far it's not traveling. And um, and I thought it would be interesting to get an architect's point of view um, of of this situation because you are the guys who have to build the courses, to build the uh, the playgrounds that these balls travel on. Um, you know, maybe give me a sense of, first of all, where you sit or where you feel you are on this debate. Well, one of the things that uh, is important to sort of mention is the the, the problem first showed up uh, around uh, 2000. And with the advancement with the ball, the, the ball moved dramatically. And as architects, we were put in a position where we did an awful lot of work from that point forward on trying to... Um, reconfigure landing areas and and we ended up doing a lot of uh, bunker work in particular because everything just sort of got out of out of position very quickly because there was such a rapid advancement and the the problem we're running into is uh, everybody keeps talking about that they're limiting the the change in the ball but what's happened is we've also got equipment fitness uh, optimization is all continued to nudge the the um, distance down the line and our problem is is it's yeah year to year everything looks good and and people who have an investment in keeping the ball can say yes you know it's only moved a yard or two but the problem is it moves a yard or two or three or four every single year and has done for uh, 15 or 16 years and and the the problem is it's the accumulation of that Uh, a good way to explain it is um, the RNA has spent 16 million pounds in 10 years updating rota courses wow. on trying to deal with distance of the players and to provide a test that they consider um, uh, uh, a quality test for the players. 
And the problem we're running into is every golf course is is making change. I think one of the comments I made was, you know, it's really good for me for business for the ball to keep moving forward. So it's not like I'm pushing this because it's in my own best interest. And the other thing is I'm a long hitter, so I actually get the benefits out of the technology. But the problem is we're spending an awful lot of money because of technology. And at a certain point, we've got to realize we can't actually afford to maintain the additional area and we can't afford to build new golf courses. Uh, when I first started in the business, which is around uh, 1990, essentially, uh, 140, 150 acres is what we we're looking for for a new project. It's now 250. And wow. if you think about the price of land, the odds of us doing new work is, is slim. And, and part of that is just because the requirements. But the other problem we're running into is is the maintenance that comes with this. It, it, it's, it's, go, it's becoming... Um, larger and larger areas that must be maintained, and the other end of it is to be watered. So essentially what's happening is um, it's all about sustainability for me. We're starting to get to a point where the game's going to be too expensive. That What it's going to do is it's going to reduce the people who can get to the game because the game costs too much to play. And I, I think what we architects are trying to do is push the idea of think forward, think a generation in front of us about if we keep going, what's inevitably going to happen? And I think that's why we're saying enough's enough. It's not about defending par. It has nothing to do with that. It's about trying to uh, defend or trying to maintain the game. And, and the fact is we can't afford to just let this go. The, you know, Titleist and others may be really happy with selling more equipment, but at a certain point, it's all going to stop, and I, I don't think they're seeing the bigger picture. Uh, the tweet that sort of probably brought the attention was <laughs> I had said that um, from the point I started to present day, we have to space holes 50% further than we did then, and it all has to do with the travel of the ball. Uh, people don't realize that it goes as wide as it goes as far, but the problem is it, 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 it's it's eating up more space. And then for me, my biggest problem is inner city golf courses have huge safety issues and I've got nowhere to go. And, and this is what I wrote Mike Davis about. I said, I work with almost exclusively with within city boundaries for most of my work. And the ball is pushing the boundaries of what's safe. The problem is the boundaries can't move. There are houses on the, or roads and on the edges of the boundaries. And this is my concern within the game is when we made that magical step forward with, with the Pro-V in particular, but with, with that, I guess it's a five-piece ball, um, what it did was it also pushed out our safety window. At a certain point, you know, we've got nowhere to go. And, and, and for me, I've, I've tried to express it. For me, this is a safety issue and a land use issue, not a defending par, not trying to contain the best players. I do believe that we've got to get them back to something more reasonable. And if we could get the ball to spin again so it actually moves, I think it would show more skill. But that's a personal opinion. Okay. You throw you open up a lot of worm, can of worms in, the, in, in, in that opening statement there. So let me, let me uh, try and see if I can knock a few of these off. Um, the safety issue to me is the one that kind of put the red light on there. Just, just explain to me where the width of a golf course is becoming as important as the length of a golf course. Well, the the, the issue we've got is um, you essentially it, it's um, it's like a bubble, and and the bubble indicates um, a margin of safety for how far the ball goes wide. 
Um, while you think about architects laying things out for a certain length of drive and a certain length of approach, we also have to consider a, um, a miss. So the miss on both the left and the right-hand side, and that's calculated in depending on how far the ball travels. Well, when the ball travels further, the margin for error has to be wider. And the problem is um, that margin for error moves dramatically. If you had 10%, it, it moves the, the width of the, the um, space you need for safety. It, it moves it quite dramatically. And because of just the way the, the, the angles work. So right. the problem I've got is a lot of holes are parallel to property lines and even roads. Right. So it just brings into... It, it, so you end up with problems you never used to have. And, and I'm dealing with a lot of safety issues in a lot of golf courses in, in, in both in the States and, and here in Canada. And it's becoming really, really difficult. But if we let the ball go another 10%, I'm out of ideas. So, yeah, let me just let me just jump in there. So, so do you do you think that the easiest solution or the best solution is just to either cap the ball or bring it back a few percent, even though that may have a detrimental effect on enjoyment for a shorter hitter? Well, I, I think the ball. I'll give you my reasoning for why the ball is the focus of everybody. So, shafts and clubs are thousands. A, a sleeve of golf balls is ten to fifteen bucks. Right. It's so easy to replace the ball. But the thing is, you can play out all the balls you've got in your locker or in your house. You can play those out until you're done with them. And the thing is, people can choose to buy something that's... We used to have a, a ball called the hot ball or whatever it was about 20 years ago, which went... It was smaller and it sure. went definitively longer. You knew you couldn't play it in tournaments, but, I mean, if that floated <laughs> your boat, you could play it. Right. You can play out all your equipment until you finally lose those golf balls, even the balls you find... Uh, you can play, but if you're going to play in a tournament, you just go and buy a sleeve. Fifteen bucks later, you're ready to play. It, it's the ch- it's the cheapest solution to the problem, and that's why the ball's the focus. Yeah. Is is they've already done tests. They they had an event at Greystone, and I can't. I wish I knew the year because I did write about it, it and was I was Canadian invited to go event, and hit right? some golf balls. The Canadian Tour event. Yes. Yeah. I played on a Monday. That's right. It does it does not feel different. It does not fly different. It. It was fine. I, I honestly couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. Now, I don't think 20%, by the way, is the goal. I, I think it's going to be less than that. And the other thing uh, that I think is important is I've always expressed that my father, who's in his 80s, never got a yard out of the golf ball improvements. Right. <laughs> Whereas I definitively got 20, 20 plus yards overnight by changing to a Pro V. There's no question in my mind. Yeah. And the other thing is that ball flies better into the wind. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, there's there's lots of uh, lots of ways to to solve it, but this one might be the most practical and and the easiest. Ian, um, we're going to have you back because we're out of time here. Uh, but but uh, this is a fascinating story and and one that I'm sure is not going to go away anytime soon. No, it's long from being done. <laughs> I'm curious to see how this plays out. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon down the road. There's Thanks, uh, more coming up on Golf Talk Canada. Mark Zacchino will join us next after this break. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Premier golf in a perfect natural setting close to home. Limited memberships are still available for 2018. Don't be shut out. Visit cedarbraygolf.com today.
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakito and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, the bonus bonus 30 mm-hmm. as we uh, get into our new format here with two-hour format on a Saturday morning. What could be better than talking a little golf from 8 to 10 here at, uh, in the beautiful GTA headquarters of TSN as we spill out across the country and on the iHeartRadio app. And now we are joined, thankfully, to put a little sense into our world. <laughs> here he is from beautiful Florida, Mark Sacchino. Hello, buddy. <laughs> There is no sense in this world, guys. There is zero sense. <laughs> on, never won on any tour at any time. You know, leading a golf tournament in his rookie year, heading into the uh, final round, or sorry, the, the weekend, anyway, on a professional tour, I might add, any PGA Tour professional tour. And we have, you know, Paul Casey, who hasn't won in nine years. We have Brett Snedeker trying to qualify for match play at Augusta because the last two seasons have not gone as scheduled as injuries, etc. And then, of course, some guys, a, a guy that you probably haven't spoken much about this morning, I'm assuming you probably really haven't mentioned Tiger Woods much, but, who? you know, you know, sure we'll get to it. <laughs> I forgot about him. I yeah, thought, who? Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was dealing more with Shabanker Sharma, who's got a share of the lead in the European <laughs> tour right now. We spoke a lot about Ryan Palmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Justin right. Rose. Kelly Kraft. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, fess up here. Where the hell are you? <laughs> I am. I am in Miami, actually. Oh, uh, South Beach. Yeah, but I am going to start making my way because uh, next week, obviously, we'll be uh, broadcasting on location at the Can Am Championship, Ooh. which is yes. our best juniors from Ontario against the best juniors from South Carolina. Ooh. So. Uh, we're going to be on location for that, and we're going to you know do some interviews. We have a bunch of guests, etc. So great, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, and gonna get, it's a long hike, though. I got I got a good drive going up there. So yeah, but you, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'm going to be glued to the television for the next two days. Hopefully, not while you're driving. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. Those don't work together well. Uh, but I do listen. I do want to. Uh, I do want to give you the chance to uh, to blow your horn about uh, what happened last Sunday. You remember I'm that still guy? Celebrating. Remember that guy, Mickelson? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still celebrating, and Bob, you know that we need to celebrate our little wins when we get them because you know we go through a lot of predictions on on Golf Talk Canada, and very rarely do any of them actually come true. <laughs> yeah, so, we don't talk about those ones that don't come true. <laughs> So, you know, uh, it wasn't a huge out-on-a-limb prediction the way Phil has played the last couple of years, you know. And let's be honest, if it wasn't for Henrik Stenson's record performance mm-hmm. at the Open Championship a couple of years ago, Mickelson would have had his second Clara Judd because Mickelson's rec- uh, scoring performance over those four days would have been record-setting in, in, in its own right. They just blew away the field. So it's not like you couldn't see this coming. He had a great Ryder Cup. Um, you know, he was capping consistency but couldn't get over that hump. And so interesting that, you know, when a guy who's done it 42 times, now 43 times, but it ha- it's been a while, you know, he talked about being nervous and talked about, you know, can I close the deal? And uh, you just go, you're head scratching yourself. How can a guy who's been there so many times and done it so often over the years, but when it's been a while... You wonder if you still have it in the tank. And 
sure enough, he got it done. Wasn't technically, I guess, on the West Coast, but pretty close on Poana putting surfaces and uh, in Mexico City. And uh, we can edit. We can know, edit, out, to, edit out that part of your prediction. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I gotta think that he's one of the favorites. I gotta think that you know, if you could pick any five players you want. You know, carte blanche for the Masters to put a team together. I, I think he's got to be in that. He's got to be in that top five. It's not top three right now. So, and and it's so funny because I think here we go with that storyline again this week, right, guys? Because mm-hmm. you know, Tiger obviously has shown a lot this week. Uh, more improvement on a golf course that really shouldn't be a Tiger golf course. You know, it forces you to. Keep it in the tree line. It, it, it dictates a shot shape to you. It doesn't allow you to uh, say, okay, I'm going to sling a high draw or sling a high cut. It tells you what you've got to do. Uh, the one benefactor is, I don't know if you saw him play the snake uh, uh, pit yesterday. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. That, you know, He's got so much firepower back in his game that he didn't have to hit driver on 16 yesterday. You know, he, he hit a 250 off the tee and then knocked it on the green and you take a 250, I think, a, you know, a 250 line off that tee, and it's a wider target. But mm-hmm. I don't think Tiger Woods a couple of years ago could have laid it back that far and still felt that he could, you know, hit a solid approach to the green and, and walk out with a par. So, uh, But the one thing we haven't seen from Tiger that we're going to have to see this week is now he's put himself in that Phil Mickelson predicament that, we, that, that Phil was in last week. How do you react when you have a chance to win on the weekend? How do you react now? where, you know, you haven't done it in a long time. Even though you might be the best ever to do this, it's been five years. And that's what I'll, you know, that's, I just can't wait to see this, guys. And, uh, you know, I hope, you know, I hope for Canada's sake, too, that Corey Connors playing well and, and he's able to ignore all this because you know how difficult it is to play in a group with Tiger or a group behind Tiger or a group ahead of Tiger. Corey Connors has never seen anything like this before, the, the, the mob that he's going to be in the next, you know, 48 hours. It's going to be crazy uh, for sure, Mark, and hopefully Corey Connors can block out all that and and play well. But back to Phil, uh, you know, as you mentioned uh, or predicted that he was going to win on the West Coast, yes, he did have three top six finishes as well, but you've got to think that his game is absolutely just peaking at the right time with the uh, with Magnolia Lane at the, and, and Augusta National just around the corner, don't you think? Well, yeah, and, and I don't know how you guys feel, but the, the number that leaps out at me is he's over 95% inside 10 feet last week. But that's insane. And we're not talking, guys, like putting surfaces like Augusta or putting surfaces mm-hmm. like they'll get the Players' Championship or, or, for that matter, even at Bay Hill next week. Like, these are putting surfaces. These are bumpy and, you know, uh, a lot of the players were, were actually kind of openly complaining about the putting surfaces last week uh, for, for the WTC. It, you know, no one knows the greens at Augusta better than Phil. You know, so if he can, if he can keep that going, if, if, you know, 95% or better inside 10 feet. So we're talking nine-footers, guys, you know, eight-footers, those par putts that mean everything. Wow, he's going to be so hard to beat because mm-hmm. the two things that get in Phil's way are, you know, erratic off the tee and missing that little putt when he does, you know, when, when he doesn't need to at the wrong time. And and yeah, last week again, a similar situation to what we're seeing this week. A golf course that doesn't make sense for Phil Mickelson. That that uh, Chapultepec golf course in Mexico City is claustrophobic. It is tree lined and claustrophobic. Phil Mickelson's not supposed to win there. And he goes out, and 
He did it in Phil style. He hit some shots that were head-scratching material and put himself in some awkward places. But over four days, he did it on a golf course he's not supposed to on really bad greens. That one, uh, that and, one he hit through. That one he hit through the trees. That was crazy. Uh, you know, that's like like trying to sh- shoot a puck through a hockey net and <laughs> hoping, hoping it's going to come out the other side. Listen, I want to give you. I want to ask you one one thing. We only got a minute here before we're going to take a break, but uh, yeah. I want is he going to get? He thinks he's going to get to fifty wins. Do you think he can do it? Wow. Do I think he can? He's at forty three yeah, right now. Yeah, he's at forty three, no. and he says no problem. Wow. He'll get to fifty. No problem, I think, is 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 pie-in-the-sky thinking. I'd be shocked. I, I'm not saying he can't because Phil is so unpredictable and, you know, but I, I, I would still take the under on that for sure. I think he is somewhere probably around 47, 48 wins by the time we're all said and done. And I would be shocked if, if he didn't add one more major. We get like that 86 Nicholas moment out of Mickelson at some point, whether it's at Augusta or there's some, you know, miraculous nod from the golf gods and it happens at Shinnecock or something like that and he finally finds that U.S. Open. I, I still feel he's got another major. But 50 wins, I, I take the under right now. I, what about you guys? Will you well, take the under or the over? I'm, I'm going to take the under. Me too. Yeah. Me too. And, and speaking of miraculous, uh, miraculously, you're going to join us after this break. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come <laughs> We're going to come back with a little bit more from Mark Zucchino, uh, always entertaining. We'll be uh, back with Mark on more on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Very quickly, we want to give you a rundown of what's going on in the golf world where the leaderboards are Mr. Scully. Valspar Championship, Corey Connors, Canadian, is leading at six under par. Tiger Woods is amongst many at four under, two shots off the pace. Adam Hadwin, the other Canadian, to make the cut. Uh, the El Bosque Mexico Championship on the Web.com Tour. Mexican Jose de Rodriguez is leading at 10 under. Uh, John Shin, American, is at 9 under. There were a number of Canadians who made the cut. Sean Harlington well back at 3 under. And then uh, Ryan Yip at 2. And Adam Svensson, Stuart McDonald uh, are at 5 over par. Or no, sorry, even par. Uh, just making the cut on the number. PJ Tour Champions Toshiba Classic. Tom Pernice Jr., your leader thus far at seven under par. Two Canadians in the mix here. Stephen Ames at one over and Rod Spittle at two over. Uh, the European Tour is through three rounds of the Hero Indian Open, and Matt Wallace of England and sh- uh, homeboy Shabankar Sharma Good are tied at the top of the leaderboard at seven under. Flirting, just two shots back, uh, beef, Andrew Johnson. Mm. Uh, one Canadian was in the field, Richard T. Lee, and he missed the cut. Mm. And that's, uh, that's the leaderboard. There you that's go. That's it. All right. Uh, let's bring uh, Mark Sakino back in. And uh, Mark, um, we want to uh, we want to 
put you at the betting shop window. Mr. <laughs> Scully has some odds here for uh, players at the Masters. Give yes, yes. So, so Mark, we have uh, DJ and JT at eight to one, and some guy named Tiger Woods at ten to one right now, and your boy Phil at eighteen to one. What are your thoughts on all of that? Um, I think Tiger, it's ridiculous. I think, with all due respect, it would be great if he won this week. I think that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. If he wins this week, it, probably, it would validate that 10-1. to 1. I think that's like New England Patriots money. Or, you know, that's what that is there. It's just the popular money, the, the, the public money on the 10-1 to 1 right. with Tiger. I think right now, that the, you know, how could you have Phil Mickelson at 18-1 to 1 and Tiger at 10-1? to 1? How does that make any sense at all? If you look at the last three years of Phil and the last three years of Tiger, you know, I don't know. That makes uh, no sense to me. But, hey, uh, I guess you're trying to sucker in Tiger bets there. I think the best value there by far is Phil Nicholson. But, you know, you can obviously not argue with the other two as well. They've played great. They've played well. You know, um, I, I would not put money at Tiger at 10 to 1. I'd have to be getting at least of what I was getting with Phil before I would, you know, feel the tiger you know and we're just talking value i'm not saying tiger can't compete and he can't do well i'm just talking value does that not seem low to you does that make any sense to you guys that why you would almost be giving up half the odds to go with uh tiger over bill right now well it's crazy to think that and you've got rory mcelroy who's putting with it looks like he's putting with a live rattlesnake right now he's at 16 to 1 <laughs> he he is having all the issues in the world it, it's crazy to think that that rory has a better cha- better odds to win the masters than than phil yeah, well, you know, it's funny you bring that up, too, because I was I was talking about this last week with somebody, and it's happening again this week. And I always say, because you know me, I can go through some putting struggles at times, <laughs> as you generally know. And I would say, you know, good putting, great putting, eventually bleeds through the bag, and it kind of frees you up, because you don't have to hit it to two feet, three feet, and it frees you up to make better swings and eventually helps your ball striking. But bad putting does the same thing. You know, bad putting bleeds through the bag and eventually decays your golf swing. And, you know, Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy were hitting it well. They've been hitting it well for the last few months. And they, the putting is horrible. And then you see everything start to fall apart. Everything starts to fall apart. And I think, of course, like, Rory didn't do anything well this week. Jordan didn't do anything well this week. So, yeah, the putting is disgusting. It has been for a long time. But to me, guys, now it's starting to become bigger issues. Rory only hit 50% of his green. You know, this was a guy who was, you know, giving himself over 70% of looks day in and day out and couldn't make anything. And now he's down to 50%. So I see it chipping away. And Jordan, you know, Jordan saying, well, you know, me, you know, me not performing at the Valspar is not shaking my confidence for Augusta. Hold on a sec, Jordan. You can say all you want. But it's not your performance of the Valspar. It's your performance since the start of the season. So those two guys right now, man, you know, for, for guys who should be right there and at the top of the conversation when we get to the Masters, right now, like they're lo- those two guys are lost in the wilderness. It is lost in the wilderness. Jordan Spieth, a guy who loves the spotlight, had it on him this week, an opportunity to show Tiger Woods that, hey, this isn't your game anymore. This is our game. And goes out there and just basically crumbles. So I don't know how you guys feel, but right now they are way off my radar for the year's first major. Uh, is Dustin Johnson, who is going to be staying in a bungalow, I understand, <laughs> is he is he the odds-on favorite? Is he the odds-on favorite? Do you think he's, he's legitimately betting shop or not? Do you think he's the most likely guy to win this tournament? 
I don't think he's going to win, but I understand why he would be the betting favorite at 8-1 to one based on performance over the last year, etc. It's got to be him or Justin Thomas just based on performance. But right now, would I have uh, Justin or Dustin on my team? Certainly. I don't know if I would pick both of them. Uh, but could I could I could I lean on them and say yeah I'd want them on my team etc. Do they have a chance to win? Yes, 100. percent Do I think they're going to win? I still think Justin Rose is going to win at the Masters. Uh, Justin Rose is skipping the match play, uh, and the reason he's skipping the match play says it's not proper preparation for Augusta. He is solely focused uh, on, uh, at, for the Masters. Now sometimes that's scary, guys. As you know, all the eggs in one basket. If, if that you know, becomes too big an elephant in the room, like we've seen with Phil at the U.S. Open and, and Rory at the Masters, that's not a good thing. But I just think Justin is so focused to do well there. He's always done well there. Lost in the playoff last year. When he's got like a large bucket of top tens and top fives. Uh, he was my pick for Augusta. And right now, if, you, if I have to give you three names for the Masters, it's Justin Rose, Phil Mickelson, and Sergio Garcia. Wow, brother from another mother with a repeat. Wow, <laughs> that's a... uh, money, baby. Money. <laughs> hey, Mark, we just got a minute to go. So, uh, listen, uh, twenty weeks of TaylorMade coming back, Golf Talk Canada TV coming back on March twenty first. Uh, it's an exciting time of the year. It's the most wonderful, wonderful time, time of the year. <laughs> what do you duet. think? Wow, you excited? You pumped? Uh, you ready? Yeah. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to Golf Talk Canada Television Radio to win. Uh, over 15 grand of tailor-made product, and now we have that JPSM uh, walking electric trolley attached to the final prize. There's more to come. I'm excited. On location next week, then I come home, and it's your turn, Bob. I'm getting in the <laughs> studio, and it's your turn. Okay, We're gonna make the tag. I'm gonna come fine. in from. I'm gonna come in from the. You're gonna come in from the top turnbuckle and make the tag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're gonna tag. So. <laughs> Your major season is starting, so get get ready, buddy. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. Give us give us your favorite farewell line here. We know it. We we want you, want to hear you say it, even if you're not in the studio. First, uh, first decision, gentlemen, starts in the closet. Yeah. What, what's my line? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, go go put some go put some. The golf course. First decision on the golf course always starts in the closet, and maybe guys. That's a red shirt on Sunday this week. Ooh, there you go. Okay, go put some sunscreen on. We'll see you next. We'll talk to you next week from uh, from uh, from Carolina and uh, enjoy your time down in the sun. Uh, that Thanks, is it for boys. that That's is it. it for this edition of Golf Talk Canada, Mr. Scully. Thank you, thank for, you uh, for sitting in, and we'll uh, we'll be back at this next week for another two hours of great golf entertainment here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at GolfTalkCanada.ca.